The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, it's Wednesday night. It is notebook wagering time. I am Smitty, live from the Salisbury Center, fueled by Monster Energy. Q's off tonight, so I'm solo in the studio, but I got our guys up in the Pittsburgh area. Jason, how are you doing tonight? Really good, really good. Watching the hockey, watching the NBA, getting all the sports in as we can. Watching the Pirates lose again, but we'll get to that later, so... What can you do? That happens. <laughs> that, that. that happens. I had to bring it up. I, I brag when they win. I got to br- you know talk when they lose. So, Matty Ice, what's going on, my friend? What's up, fellas? A great night. It's pretty much my Friday. I get to. I'm going to rub it in the dug a little bit. I get to uh, do a little fishing here coming up in the next couple of days. But uh, I don't want to clog up the airways here. We got a really good guest tonight, and uh, we're going to bring him in right away because he's a very busy man. Amongst as many accolades, we have a former Buffalo Bills GM, Pittsburgh native, and now the senior vice president of the XFL, Doug Whaley, live from Vegas, I think. Right, right, Doug? Uh, actually, I'm actually in Pittsburgh, and Schmitty, I'll say this much. I went to the <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates, nice. went to the Ooh. businessman special today, and Unfortunately, we are on a slide, so I feel your pain, my man. Well, let, hey, I'm going to just say this. Let's just keep – Doug, I'm going to say right now, if you thought before the season started, if we'd still be in first place, did you really think that was going to happen? I'm all in. I'm not one of these negative Nancys. I'm riding the wave. We're still in first, so you can't tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something? This guy's my favorite guest. He's been on for 20 seconds. I like Doug. Uh, absolutely. Us Pittsburghers, <laughs> you know, we, we, we hang. We know what's up. Doug, so before we ask you some stuff, um, you wouldn't believe the amount of personal people that have gotten in touch with me about you coming on. Uh, our, my friends, uh, Matt and Nick. And then I texted a college buddy, and he's like, wait a second. Doug Whaley's coming on your show? Uh, my wife, I think he's, I think he said you're married to his wife's best friend, which is, which uh, blew my mind. And I'm like, are you, that, it's crazy how this world is today. When I, I remember back in the day, Will Smith, not to bring up his name, but it was probably 15, 20 years ago. He brought up, he wasn't starring in a movie at six degrees of separation. And it's just how the world is six degrees. I think now it's shrunk down to maybe one or two degrees of separation. It's really incredible how things work out. So, Doug, being the, the SVP of the XFL, can you give us, and our guests actually, a little bit of insight of what your daily ongoings are, your duties, your roles, what you do with the players, and even how you got into the XFL? Okay, well, I'll start how I got into the XFL. I actually... I was working, after I got fired from the Bills, I was working as the director of the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. And the first iteration, well, the, excuse me, the second iteration, we call it 2.0 of XFL, 
Oliver Luck was the commissioner, and he brought me on as uh, senior vice president of football operations. So when that shut down here with COVID, then for a fortuitous action of our my president at the time, Russ Brandon, with the Buffalo Bills, when I was there, he ended up being a consultant with Redbird Capital, which is a third owner of the XFL, ends up becoming the president of the XFL. He brings me on as the senior vice president of player personnel. So that bleeds into what is my job? My job basically is everything that goes around the player and most importantly, player procurement. How do we get players into this league? So setting the policies and procedures of making it an equitable uh, landscape for our eight teams to bring players in, but also policies and procedures of different administrative things that happen when a player gets into our league, meaning cuts, injured reserve, different designations. Then it also expands, my role expands into how everything affects the players from performance to athletic training. So anything that really touches the player that will ultimately affect the product on the field, I kind of oversee. Oh, wow. Smitty, why don't, Smitty, why don't you start out with a, a question from Doug? Yeah, so my first question is, a lot of we're big fans of the XFL. We've talked about the XFL for a long time here on the show coming into the season. And, you know, there were some people that said all the time, you know, all these legs aren't going to work. It's the NFL and everything like that. And this, the XFL did struggle at times and some of the other legs. Why this year has been a great success. In your opinion, why do you think this year is such a success? Well, I think there's a, a few reasons. One, any successful organization, when you look at sports, it starts with ownership. And it's just how ownership wanted to portray the XFL. And it wasn't one of those things where they came out and said, we want to be the NFL. We want to challenge the NFL. Their thought process is we want to be a part of the football ecosystem and elevate the football ecosystem. Let's be a chance for players to springboard to what they ultimately want to be as an NFL player or give them a soft landing where, hey, let me still be a professional athlete, maybe not in the NFL, earn a living, and then be able to transition to our next side of life. Add to the fact you're giving jobs to coaches, to trainers, to performance staff, to scouts, to operations people, and seizing them. So you'll get them able to bring a level of professionalism and up uptick the level that is maybe in the NFL and college and everything. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a league that is of opportunity, not only for players, but for anybody that wants to work in the football industry. And I think that's one of the major reasons why we are different than a lot of other leagues. We're not all about football. We're all about opportunity and exposing people to opportunities in a professional setting in a football world. And we want to elevate that. So the more quarterbacks we can get to play at a high level, guess what that does? That makes the second, the backups or the third team at the NFL level even better and just elevates the game. And we're all about the game. So, Doug, you mentioned that player procurement is a big part of your role. So how does your 
procurement cycle like in line with the NFL? It's like obviously we just seen the draft. Are, do you follow right after that, or is training camp when you would pick up because you'd be looking for those players that maybe have missed their opportunity with an NFL team and kind of fit in, or is it year round? It, it's actually year round, but to really give you a cycle, um, what we'll start doing now since our championship game is this Saturday and the la- last weekend and this this pre- this weekend coming up weekends for rookie mini camp invites so what we'll start doing is any rookie that was invited to a camp for an nfl team that didn't get signed we'll have our team start looking at them and then we will most likely in mid-june just have a little draft of those guys then the next period that will be really intense for our guys is during the summer we'll have uh, ANC is one of our partners. They'll do a showcase event, and then we'll take the best of those guys that performed at the four or five showcases we have regionally, invite them to the XFL Com- XFL Combine in Arlington at the end of July. So that'll be another time where guys will be really focused, and then we'll have a draft of those guys. And then lastly, we'll go to NFL training camps. After training camps, when the rosters are set, we'll have a good month or two to have a draft in November of those guys there. And then actually the last part of tranche of players that we'll look to bring in is at the end of January. Once we start camp, it's usually when the NFL season, it is when the NFL season ends. So any guys that are on practice squad or looking to maybe look at reserve future contracts, we'll try to try to get those tranches of a, a few of those players to come and play with us. So that's the life cycle of player procurement in the XFL. Doug, I'm going to kind of do a 180, I think, off of that. So now that your season's wrapping up, what what is the NFL tie with the XFL of urging players from your rosters to the NFL? Is there, is there any stipulations that that are like going on that we don't know about? No, what we're having now is guys that are obviously not in the championship game are free to go to rookie mini camps as invites. Uh, they just have to go through, just send us a request. We sign off of it. We're actually promoting that. That's great for our league. And then May 15th, when our season's over, any player that's in the XFL is, has the ability to sign with an NFL team. So that's, that's, the process we're going through, but from up for us. And I think we just had a meeting today. We're looking at close to a hundred players in the XFL that have been invited to NFL uh, rookie mini camps. So we're very excited about that. And it's a testament one to the staffs on each team, because you got to think about it this way, fellas. When you look at an NFL draft, if you have 11 to 12 picks, if you have double-digit picks, that's a lot of draft picks. When you look at college signings, you're talking talking anywhere from 20 to 25 giving out scholarships, and that's a lot. We had guys, our team started from scratch and built a roster from zero to 75 going into camp. So that amount of work and what they did is I tip my cap to them and then to have that morph into the product we put on the field and then finally have a hundred of those players go to the NFL, it's just a really good testament to the, to the people that we have in the work and in the front office in this league. Absolutely. Smitty? 
So a lot of people that I talk to about it, again, they're really excited about the leg, but they really like like the kickoff, the conversions. In your opinion, do you see this translate, you know, going over to the NFL here soon? What's your overall thought on that? And is there anything else in the works about changing up the game a little bit? Uh, well, I'll start with changing up the game right now. What we're going to do is after this, after the championship game, first of all, take about two weeks off because we've been on the grind for two years straight. You got to watch some fire games. Come on. Worked in a, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever worked in a startup, but it is a grind, but it's a beautiful grind. And the struggle is beautiful. But we're going to take two weeks off and then we're going to reconvene and, and then have a uh, post-mortem about what went right, what went wrong, and where can we improve. So, we're going to talk about rules and all of that. And then the, the, the part of, what was the first question? I'm sorry. Part of the question? I just kind of said, like, do you see it coming over to the NFL? Like, again, oh, there's NFL, so many people. Okay, yeah, I've been in, rules. yeah, I've been out in so many places, like games been on and people were asking. And I, you know, I'll tell you a really funny story. The, one of the first weeks I was out with my wife, we were having a quick bite and I was explaining it to her and people overheard me and they're like, man, you know a lot about this. I said, well, I kind of do a podcast. Yeah. I kind of have to know. And I really like, you know, wh- where yeah. you guys were going here. And they were like, man, this is different. And this is different. I said, yeah, but this is a great difference. So I just wanted, in your opinion, yeah. heading over to the NFL. Yeah, in my opinion, and the one of the things, and I'll give you the genesis of how a lot of those rules came about. In XFL 2.0, they did a lot of research and they asked a lot of fans. And the two things that were prevalent in a lot of the fans' response were, one, we are tired of nothing plays. When they talk about nothing plays, they're talking about the kickoff where no one's returning it. The punt, there's fair catching. The extra point where, until recently, it was a 90% chance of making it. So, And then secondly, they wanted to have a lot more just action but without having the feeling that they're being complicit in injuries and that's where our kickoff came from and the kickoff is we eliminated those high velocity impact hits where guys are running 40 yards against each other and just blowing each other up so player safety and the entertainment value of the game are the basis of all our rules and that's why our point after tries excuse me are not kicks they're scrimmage plays that's why our kickoff, we have, I think it was a 90% return rate compared to the NFL, which was around 30%. So that's where we're getting to the point where it, every play is something that's going to keep the attention of the fans, but also have them, and not only the players, but the, the audience feel like this is the safest way to be entertained in, in a violent sport. Absolutely. Now, the kickoff returners really became a weapon later in the season, and I'd love to see high schools implement the kickoff rules, especially with the guys, smaller bodies, and this high velocity, guys aren't, aren't going to go on to play. Um, so my question is, with the players, will the teams retain who they have, or will there be a redraft, uh, as you mentioned, with the four different drafts during the year? Because I think your league's done a really good job of kind of anchoring into those markets that, where the teams are representing. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. We're, we're, we're doing a little post-mortem with all our director player personnel. And what we will do is they will have reserved the right to 90 players. So as many players they have on their roster now that they walk back, they will reserve their rights. And then the different player procurement pro- processes that we set in place going forward, the rookie minicamps, the, 
the draft and then the, the practice squad. And they'll have the rights up to 90. And then when we go to camp in January, they'll have to cut that, trim that to 66 or 68, depends on what we do. But they will retain it. Uh, and that, that was important for us because we want to start building fan affinity. We want to have people say, oh, buy that jersey. This guy's coming back. But we also want to make sure that teams have the flexibility to upgrade their roster. So that that's the process that we're going for in this offseason. Doug, I'm going to kind of crescendo this up a little bit. So I'm going to give the XFL a little uh, prop here. You have your title game this Saturday, May 13th, down at the Alamo Dome. Are you actually going down to San Antonio for this? No doubt about it. Absolutely. So tell me why, in your opinion, well, actually, in my opinion, why will the D.C. Beer State slash Defenders not be stopped this weekend? (laughs) I'll tell you, it's one of those things where when you look, D.C. has been a formidable offense and defense throughout the season. They had one slip up, but they, on offense, they can beat you running the ball, passing the ball, or running and passing. And defense, you better strap your chin strap a little tighter because they're coming at you. Now, when you look at Arlington, their defense has been stingy all year long. What they did was make a trade in the season for Luis Perez from the Vegas Vipers, and that's because they were struggling offensively. There is no doubt about it. They could not score, and they were very low on the yards per attempt, yards per play uh, spectrum. Luis comes in, stabilizing force, and their offense obviously has grown with Luis' comfortability in the system, and they're starting to play hot. So you got the well-established team that has been hot all year and the up-and-coming rising team that is maybe one of those destiny teams. So that's the intrigue. and. If you're a betting man, I just that one's on heart. What do you feel? Do you feel <laughs> like going with the with the with the team that showed it to you all year, or do you feel like going with a hot hand? I'm not saying which one to go with, but depends on how you like how aggressive you like to be. Well, we definitely like to bet. I think we're going to be pretty split here, but uh, <laughs> I know who my heart's going with. I'm st- I'm sticking with the beer snake. <laughs> we are based out of that market, nope. so we should like them a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Absolutely, no one's gonna, no one's gonna argue with it. Like, I, I get it. Was There's that a rip? People that hey, team, team of destiny. They're running hot. They just beat Houston, the best team in the South Division. They are on the upswing. So there, there's an argument both ways. I was gonna say, is that a rip on me because I've been going against DC because I live down here. <laughs> I just don't want to see it. Hey, Doug, I'll tell you, Seattle is mine. I've been saying Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. And I, I think Jason took a ticket on them to win it um, a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, didn't get well, they're, there. They're, their games with D.C. were so good this year, every single time. So, oh. it, it was definitely worth the uh, price at that point. That Sunday night game and was it, NFL quality. And, and that's the one thing that we are very proud of. When you talk about, when we talk to people like yourselves that are astute, observers of the game for you to compare our game to NFL quality or SEC quality. That's what we are striving for. But most importantly, the entertainment value where you are ready to tune in and say, I'm glad I watched that instead of, I can't believe I just, I'll never be able to get those minutes back in my life. 
that's where we are very excited to have the foundation built this year, but keep growing that in years to come. Well said. Well said, because that Sunday night game, we've we've said that, Doug, on that. You know, there was big plays and that there was then big hits. I mean, that had everything. I mean, we said, you know, when that one of our first, you know, shows after that game, we said that had everything you wanted to have in a football game. I mean, big stops, then big plays, it, you know, hard hitting. It was great football. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things I would say that probably most, I wouldn't say surprised me, but most surprised me was the physicality of our game. Because mm-hmm. I thought, guys, obviously we're going to tackle, but there every game that I saw and that was on TV, you saw four or five legal but aggressive physical hits that you're like, oh, wow, that guy got it. That's good. You're, he's going to fill that in the morning. So those are the things that, again, I, I can't sing the praises of our director of player personnel and our, our coaching staffs or each team, but they did a great job of bringing talent into our league. So this really isn't on your side, but how much work goes into the actual production quality of the broadcast, which I think, especially for a spring league, has been like phenomenal. I know you have good partners, obviously, who broadcast um, the NFL or have broadcast the NFL, but like how much focus is on that? Because they really do a good job of capturing the coach banter and the player banter and everything else. That really kind of pulls you in. Yeah, and that, and that goes to the, the, the access, and that was a pillar that XFL wanted. We understand that we don't have the NFL-quality players. We're striving for that. But well, how to attract fans are, again, always having action, not being complicit in injury, but access. How do we have give them access that they don't have on NFL games? So all kudos to Jay Rothman, our executive of senior vice president of, of broadcasting. He was a legend in ESPN doing Monday Night Football for 30 years, did Gruden Camp. Uh, a lot of college football. So he has led the charge along with our great partner ESPN for the broadcast and how this is going to look. And like you said, I think it's been top notch. Everybody that they put on our team to broadcast our, 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 our games has been top notch and they are just as invested in this league as we are. So we couldn't ask for better partners and we couldn't ask for someone to lead that charge in Jay Roth. Doug, your owner is pretty famous. Do you have any funny stories about uh, the rock that you can share with us? I'll tell you, not a funny story, but a story about why, again, when I say we have the ultimate chance to succeed because of ownership and everything bleeds down. We had, we met and we started talking about our backgrounds. I played at Pitt when he was at Miami and I talked about going to the old Orange Bowl and how it was such I was a freshman. I played, and it, when you had TV timeouts, you'd look in the stands. Normally, it's kind of quiet, and you hear some cheerleaders and stuff. But in the old Orange Bowl, they had a raucous atmosphere. It was almost a carnival atmosphere where they had games playing, different type of events going on, not only cheerleaders but music. And I was talking to him. I said, the Orange Bowl wasn't intimidating. It was distracting, and he says, it was entertaining, and that's the type of atmosphere we won at an XFL game, hence the D.C. Beer Snake. And that's what I'm talking about. When you talk about ownership and them getting it and, and flowing downhill, 
that's what it is, and that's why we believe we will be a successful league. You got anything else for Doug? I think he's on mute. Jason? No, I suppose we talked about Miami. I was going to ask him about that. He got to see the U. It probably is most raunchiest there with the 91 team. (laughs) (laughs) You said that, not me. (laughs) Well, I think the NCAA said that. I think that's when they put the film out the next year when it was like 50 different clips of uh, Cotton Bowl. But uh, no, I I really enjoyed this. I think it is. That was, uh, <laughs> I said but, 30 for no. 30. <laughs> no, I'm going to – go ahead. Doug, I'm going to ask you kind of a – not a personal question. Well, I know it is a personal question, but I hear that you like to ski and fish. I can't ski anymore. My knees are just shot from sports. But I want to know where your secret honey hole is for catfishing here in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I just got turned on to a new place. It's called Indian Lake. Oh, I know. Do you know about that? Oh, I do. So my buddy just built a lake house there. We were there just weekend, and yeah, I'm. I I think that's. I'm leaning towards that right now, but I'm not wanting to put a full stamp out there. So don't everybody rush out there. But that's my little secret place for right now. Okay, that that most people don't know where where Indian Lake even is. So right. So so that's why I feel comfortable saying it. Are you back? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay, I had to change up mics. I'll I'll fix it here in a second. So we'll just ride with it here. I just wanted to say, great interview. Pittsburgh guy. And let me tell you something, Doug. Keep the faith. And if they get in the playoffs, let's go up there and have a seat together and let's enjoy the game. <laughs> Smitty, before I leave, let you know, I have half-season tickets. 41 oh. games, so I'm all in. Anytime you want to go, let me know. Oh, man, I love this guy. This guy's the best. Before we let you go, I just want to say congratulations. Great year. Thank you for coming on and giving us like a half hour of your time. And anytime you want to reach out to Jason and I here in Pittsburgh, please do. And heck, now you can reach out to Smitty anytime you want for Pirates. Oh, I'll be, I'll be up in no time. I'll be up in no time. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Appreciate it, fellas. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you. Doug. Have a good night. Hey, thank you very much, Doug. Yep. No doubt. Okay, so sorry about my little difficulties there. I'm flipping over here. I'll change up here in a second. But hey, real quick, guys, before we go to break, a couple quick things here. Let's just get some thoughts on this game. You know, you got Arlington, D.C. D.C.'s minus six and a half. Total is at 48. D.C. minus 270. I saw earlier today. Now, D.C., April 16th, they played each other. They only played one time here. 28-26 OT game. OT. Now, everyone's going to say, Smitty's a hater with the D.C. teams. Man, you live here. Can you get get involved a little bit here with the D.C. teams here? You know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the upset. I'm taking Arlington. Where are we going here, Maddie? Who's your pick? I'm sticking with DC. Uh, they've been top dog all year. Uh, I, oh man, it, it's tough though because I actually think Arlington's going to get a really big crowd down there in San Antonio. But the DC crowd does like travel because they're, I mean, their crowd's better than the Commanders, obviously. I mean, you got the, the Beer Snake, the Commodores are just, uh, God, don't get me started hey, on them. Hey, uh, I mean, if there's 65,000 people in that arena, I actually think the play to look here is if you don't want to bet on a team or anything, I think it's the under. I think they're going to be nervous. 
I think it's going to be louder than what they're accustomed to. Maybe some different headsets and all that, that whole hoopla. So I would actually look the under on that total. That total is actually pretty high. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, you've got two coaches who've coached in college playoffs between Reggie Barlow and Bob Stoops, right? And so it, they're going to be experienced for this. I like D.C. I think they were the best team. I know somebody mentioned it was a two-point game last time we played. It was overtime. But D.C. actually had that game well under control. And Arlington kind of came on late to t- send it into overtime. 17 points They've in the, the fourth, Jason. Year. Yep. Huh? 17 points I'm, in the I'm, fourth. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the chalk here. I like the six and a half. I, I, D.C.'s has been too good. Too many weapons on the outside, like Hugh says. They can run the football. Now, Arlington will shut down the run. So they're going to definitely make D.C. one-dimensional, make them throw the ball. And I, I think they can. I, they've got the playmakers on the outside. So I, I definitely think it's D.C. minus six and a half. I really like that. Anything under seven, I like. And kind of like the sentiment on the under. But I think these games, especially like you saw the Super Bowl, you know, there, when there, there's no tomorrow. You see Tennessee points. I think it'll get over. Um just a smidge, but yeah, give me DC in the, the over. Okay, real funny, real funny thing I saw. Now, maybe not funny for Bo Jackson. Before we take a break, we're going to take a break here in about a minute, minute and a half. No, did you hear this story? Crazy story. I did not. That's what I, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to stay football related here for everybody. Football related. I just saw a thing on social media. Bo Jackson is suffering hiccups for over a year. He's okay. gonna have a he's gonna have a procedure supposedly done now. If this is true, I've seen it a couple times today. I mean, can you believe? So, what's the longest Jason or Matt have you had the hiccups? I, no, no, I did a minute. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever timed it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just you listen. Water, you, you hold your breath. You scare yeah. yourself. I, I mean, mean, my kids have had them. That that's always fun. Trying to get them, but uh, like, do you think someone tried to scare Bo Jackson to get him to stop? Or, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what was what was the methodology he tried before he finally conceded that I just can't stop hiccuping? Now, here's the thing: you don't want to always like, believe everything you, you see on social media, and I'm not trying to say to start tonight on this, but I saw this multiple times, and I just thought, with a football guy coming on, we can stay with this longest time. And I'll tell you, the younger viewers, if you've not never played Tecmo Bowl. Play Techno Bowl and get Bo Jackson because you cannot get tackled at all. Greatest game, Techno Bowl. Can I tell a real funny story? So Garvey, that's been on the show, we've talked about Garvey a couple of times. It was Techno Bowl or Super Techno Bowl. He Super got pissed. Bowl. He got he got pissed off one time, threw it out in the snow in Central Pennsylvania, so it messed up. Every so we played a game. Every player, he was the Eagles. Every player became Randall Cunningham. The game messed up. It was a glitch. And I was Tampa, and I had Vinny Testaverde. Last play of the game, I threw a deep pass, caught it with Vinny, about an 80-yard pass, threw about four Randall Cunninghams off me for a touchdown for a winner. Great Tecmo Bull story right there. So, You, you, you went Vinny to Vinny? I went Vinny to Vinny. It was the greatest thing. He got pissed, threw the game in the snow, and it glitched. Every player was like the quarterback on the team. Hey, real quick, I have... I still have a working Nintendo with Super Tech Mobile. Oh, I do wow. too. I do too. Yeah. So, so we just got a sticky note from Dr. Brent. who's watching the broadcast. And he <laughs> said the record for hiccups, length, 68 years. <laughs> <laughs> they estimated he hiccups 430 million times. So 
you know, Bo Jackson, you got a little catching up to do there. Yeah. You're not, you're not the greatest feel, at that one. I feel bad for Bo. I hope it gets fixed and everything. Cause I love Bo Jackson. So, Hey, we're going to take a quick break. I mean, maybe we'll come back. I mean, we just did football hiccups, video games. Maybe we'll come back and talk about Atari and pitfall and river raid, or maybe RBI baseball with Vince Coleman, but Hey, stay with us. The guys from notebook wagering, we will be right back. Cars out. To putting money in your pocket with a notebook wagering show on WSN. Hey, we're back Wednesday night, Salisbury Center, fueled by Monster Energy. Just a fantastic interview. So, what we're going to do here, we got a little bit of time. We're just going to rapid fire some sports. Jason had to get off, so it's just myself and Maddie, and we're going we're gonna to dive into NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. Throw it on up. Maybe a little golf by the end here. So, Maddie, let's just fire. Let's jump in the NBA. What's your? I know. I know you're excited. So let's hear it. I'm going to take one minute here and just get your rant here on how the Sixers are going to beat my Celtics. And so let go for it, man. Let me have it. I, I don't want to rant. Uh, I, I I got no beef with the Celtics. Um, I just think I, I a do. lot of people were really. I think a lot of people were really down on Philly, and I don't know why. They're a really good team. Uh, Doc, all right, so here's the thing, though. Doc Rivers, not the greatest coach in the world, in my opinion. But then you have Boston's coach, who may be topping him. So I think, crazy enough as this is, I actually think the Sixers have the coaching edge. Embiid is just playing terrific right now. And the problem with Boston, when they're trying to guard him, is they're just giving him a 16-foot jumper whenever he wants, wherever he wants, and they're not adjusting. And when they do, Maxie or Harden is open for one of their threes, and they're finally knocking them down, especially Maxie. Harden is hit or miss. But if they can just get a couple role players, like Tobias Harris had a decent game last night, and I don't think Boston has – I just don't think they have it this year. Uh, Tatum, I think he started out 0 for 8 that last game. I mean, that's just not going to – he had a great second half, but – uh, yeah, I, I think Boston may have hit a wall. So I'm not going to toot the Sixers' horn. I've been arguing with people on Twitter all the time about the Sixers. Like, give me the six, give me the Sixers and seven. I just, I just feel that's the way it is, especially after they got Embiid back. So no rip on Boston. I got no beef with the Celtics. Well, we kind of called it correctly last week on the show. I said to kind of keep an eye on the overs in this. And I kind of threw in some stats. Now, you came with a great, and I had that game. Last Wednesday, I had the over. You came back and made a great point and said, keep an eye. You think it was tr- it was trickling down a little bit, and you said it's going to go down. And it's not going to hit the over, which you were right. And that's the only one right now that it's been the under. So, yeah. I kind of called it well. No, not the game I bet, which kind of stunk a little <laughs> bit here. But, um, you know, you hit it that night. I've been calling it pretty, pretty. You know, and I said, the Celtics defense, it's just not the same defense as last year. It's not. They're leaky. They give up, like you said. They're not doing it. I didn't watch much last, last night. I was doing some things. I looked. They were down. I'm like, I'm not watching this. And, you know, they got some issues. How much longer can the Celtics keep this group around? I mean, you look at this like Brown and Tatum and you got Marcus Smart and you got White and you got, um, I'm losing track of the guy they brought in this year. They got a lot of guards, like, you know, especially point guard kind of guys there. Do you break this group up soon? That might happen here. I I don't know. I mean, I think last year they were down 3-2 and they went into Milwaukee and got the win and they came back and won. 
we'll have to see what it happens. But right now, I don't like the direction where the Celtics are going in this. So I think Philly's going to win and maybe on. Now, again, I'm going to keep rooting for my Celtics and hopefully they win the game. So uh, tonight, let's just hit on tonight. We got two games going on. One right now, we have the Heat that can close it out tonight against the Knicks. Um, it's up in New York. I did play a little money line parlay tonight, Matt. I did the Knicks. I think they'll get the win tonight. I think the series is over. Yeah, but completely agree. I think you're on the right side. I think that's the proper bet tonight. I think it's going to be an ultimate sweat. I think this is going to be a last-minute shot, some kind of foul down the stretch. And they, I think the Knicks win by literally one is, is my my guess here. I think the money line's right. But you're also right. I think the series is over. I don't think the Heat are going to lose three in a row. I just don't. And they have to, at some point, they can't keep losing guys. They have to get guys back. That's just going to enhance their chances. And then that takes to the later game, Lakers-Golden State. I, I think the, the Warriors tonight get the win, too. I think the NBA, if they have any script, as everybody says in sports, wants this to continue, needs to con- con- needs it to continue, get the extra bucks. Everybody wants to see Curry and LeBron and then – have LA win back in LA. So yeah, I think, I think Warriors, I hope your, your parlay is Warriors next tonight. I did. It's not, it was like plus one thirteen. I mean, not a big play at all tonight, but I thought the Knicks were going to get the win tonight. And again, I mean the line in that later game is like minus seven. And I agree with you. I don't think they want this over yet. This is, you know, you got big stars and this is a bad spot in my belief for the Lakers here, just coming in again, traveling in golden state, you know, They can't lose this game. I think they're going to come out and they're going to shoot well tonight. And I think even LeBron James kind of said, if we don't play our A game tonight, we're going to get blown out. So can they play their A game tonight? We'll have to see. I think Golden State gets the win. I don't know if they'll cover the seven. I mean, a good chance they do. I mean, you've kind of seen that in some of these games. There's been some blowouts. So uh, I did do, like I said, a Golden State, New York Knicks money line parlay tonight. Let me ask you a question and don't overthink this by any means. With the teams that are remaining, is this going to be potentially the worst finals we've seen in a long time? Good possibility. Because, I mean, here's the thing with the NBA, and a lot of people don't get into it. You have the Heat that I think played in the play-in game. The Lakers yep. were the Lakers were done. Now, the Lakers did mm-hmm. a great thing. They made some great trades, yep. and they got back into this. And they do have LeBron James. Some people say greatest player of all time. Now, not this guy, but some people do. But he's great. And they did the right thing. They're going into it. I, I'm shocked that I'll be very, I'm shocked that they're beating Golden State like they are right now in this. But is Golden State starting to get a little older too? But a lot of people, back to my point, a lot of people say, does the regular season really mean anything? I want to give... I'll touch on one point you just made. I'm going to give a rip on the Warriors coaching and even their GM in front office. You had the guy on your team that would match up with Anthony Davis and any other big in the West, and you got rid of him for absolutely nothing. You got rid of James Wiseman because you couldn't make him fit your system there, and that's hurting you. Anthony Davis, if Anthony Davis actually wants to show up and go 30 and 15, the, the Warriors stand no chance. That's that's the key in this series. If Davis plays well, the Lakers are going to win. And if he doesn't, they're they're cooked. 
No, I agree with you. I really do. Um, let's just hit on really fast here. You have Denver up 3-2 now. What's your overall thoughts, Maddie, on that? Is that series about done? I think so. Um, unless the Suns can get Chris Paul back, even though he's not really an offensive threat, he's their glue guy. Uh, Booger is shooting the ball lights out. But Durant's playing well. He's not playing good enough to carry them over Denver. I, I, don't, I don't know. Denver, I actually had, I did a bracket and a, little fantasy thing with some people. I had Denver in the final, which nobody really seemed to respect, and I still don't think they respect it. The problem is I had Milwaukee coming out of the East, too, and that is long shot gone. So I stand no chance in that running, but I don't know. I think the series are, are all basically set. I actually think the Lakers move on. I think the Sixers move on. I think the Heat move on. I think Denver moves on. I don't think those teams that I just mentioned will lose two, two or three in a row and not not advance to the conference finals. Okay, great stuff. Let's move into, like I said, we're going to rapid fire here the last couple of minutes on the show here. Little NHL, we lost Jason here. He had to leave. He's a big guy, but so are you. You're really, you dive into this a lot here, and I try to sprinkle in here a little bit, but I'll be very honest. I kind of take your guys' advice a little bit here. So we have a game tonight. You have Toronto against Florida. Florida's up 3-0 on Toronto. Uh, the unders three and zero so far. Right now, it's one nothing yeah. Toronto. I did miss this game. I was going to put a little money line. I think it was like minus one fourteen on Toronto. I do not think Toronto gets swept. That's just my opinion. No. We'll have to see. Is that where you were going to go tonight? So maybe if yeah, you're I, if you're out there and you want to jump in, maybe on a live bet. That's my opinion. And Maddie, go for it. Yeah, I don't know what kind of live numbers you get, but that was the correct play. Jason and I were talking. His numbers pretty much said so. It, that series is over, though. Uh, can Toronto pro- probably – I think Toronto can win two games there and then not even put a scare in, but I don't think Florida has anything to lose. And I actually think if there's people listening who want to put futures on, man, look at uh, Matthew Kachuk to potentially be the – Con Smythe winner for the playoffs. If they can, if they can take it all, him or Bobrovsky, I think are probably two of the favorites. And I also like the goaltender for the Kraken. If they can move on Grubauer, who's kind of in a groove himself, but that series is still a grind. And then you have the later game that I submitted. We got Edmonton and uh, Las Vegas. I think the Oilers. Uh, these games have been fun. Uh, both teams get up and down the ice. Both teams are fast. Both teams have average goaltenders. The overs, they bumped up to seven. It's typically at six and a half because they know they're probably going to get to seven. So you, you got to get a little bit of juice on that. So, I, I mean, I like the goals. Um, I do have a futures ticket on Edmonton, but I'm just going to play overs and, and watch the game and enjoy it. Not, nothing big. Just a, just a little fun money on the overs. No, great point there because right now the overs are one and two. Yeah. But here, like you said, if you look at this, one game was at 10 goals, six, six, the last two. Last two games, Edmonton won 5-1, Vegas won the last game 5-1. And a lot of people are like, how in the world is this not going over? So yeah. like you said, they, they're there. They're really there uh, with this. I saw on scores and odds, I don't know, on my my book, I, I like this too. I like the over. A little late night action yep. here. If you're bored tonight, 
you know, Nick and Knight's not really doing it for you. Put some money on the over on this because this has been so, this should be perfect. It just hasn't been there. I think tonight it, it's going to go over. So I like the over in this game, Matty. I'm with you, buddy. That's a, that's a rarity because we've been texting a lot, our picks and whatnot, and I've been the opposite, you guys. I know you guys were all on um, – my God, I'm totally slipping who Seattle's playing. And you guys were all on the other side. And I was like, no, I think it's game one in Seattle tonight. It's it's the Krakens to play tonight. So, oh, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. They won. Uh, those last two games have both been blowouts. I think it was 5-2. And then I think it was 5-1 the other way, Dallas, last night. So we haven't been getting many close nail biters. No, no overtimes that were like the last round. So. No, you know, and I said this to old man in the garage. You think about hockey years ago in the playoffs. It was always like 1-0, OT. You know, this it's wide open now. It's really yeah. changed. It's really, you know, let's score. How many? I mean, I'm not the biggest hockey guy. But if you like action, some of these games have been really... Playoff hockey's fantastic, but now they're scoring. So you add that in, so I think it's fantastic overall. Jason had the the best sticky note, and I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but it was, I forget what year it was that the Devils had their last 100-point score, and Edmonton has three 100-point scores this year alone. So it is wide open. And, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl is, would be the candidate, I think, coming out of the West if they make it to the Stanley Cup to be the Conn Smythe winner. So he's a name that somebody else wants to throw a little fun pizza money on. Leon Dreisaitl and Matthew Kachuk. All right, here, let's uh, change it up here. We got about nine, ten more minutes here. Let's go Major League Baseball, one thing that I like to do, and I know Matty enjoys it himself here. Um, you know, the Pirates really fast. I had a ticket on them today. They were up 3 nothing, and they lost. That was tough. I did hit a nice money line parlay. Dodgers Astros. I had the Astros team runs over tonight. That was a winner. Now Tampa, I had their runs over, not looking great. And I ha- I went back to the well. I went back to the White Sox tonight. They're down 4-1 right now. They need to score some runs. I had four and a half last night given out on Sharp Angle Syndicate. And I lost by a run. They scored four. So they need to score some runs. Maybe I'm going to get a double whammy on the White Sox here. But um you know, we said the Pirates are struggling here. Maddie. I want to bring this up to you. So I heard a great thing the other day. And if our buddy is listening up in the Michigan area tonight, I'm going to talk about the Detroit Tigers. Because we've been talking about the Central and the AL. And we said, who's going to run away with this? And we, you know, the Twins have been first place. And, we, you know, everyone, Cleveland, Cleveland's going to be there. But Cleveland can't hit. We've been talking about it. The Detroit Tigers actually are playing fantastic baseball. I believe they're seven and three in their last 10. Now I caught this on a show and I wish I could give credit to who it was, but I heard the very end of it. They played the East like Tampa and Toronto and Boston and the Yankees early. If you, I mean, again, that's a great division. They struggled which a lot of teams do. Pirates were playing fantastic baseball, went down to Tampa and got, you know, didn't get smacked in every game, but they got smacked. They got swept. If you take away that, 
the Tigers are playing great baseball. And we keep saying every week, it seems like we keep circling this division here. Is this a team that you could get on and get a futures to win this division? What do you think? Hey, I, I said two weeks ago, I believe, when we did the show. Or it may have been last week. I'm not sure. I said my futures ticket for MLB was over their win total, and it was on the Detroit Tigers. I believe it was at 70 or 70 and a half. Don't, don't hold me to that. I'll have to check my betting slip. I like the team. I like their veterans. They have some good youth. Spencer Torkelson. Uh, Rodriguez, who pitched today, has been absolutely on fire. And you summed it up. Cleveland can't hit. They got shut out again today, 5 nothing. Uh, the Twins are pesky. Uh, the other two, I mean, Chicago has played better. The White Sox, you might be able to potentially catch a flyer on them. But they're already seven games back of Minnesota. I just don't think... I think that's the team that needs to rebuild. Kansas City's constantly rebuilding, so we can scratch them if they make me look like a fool come the end of the year. So be it. I, I think it's a two-team race, Mitty, when you look at betting. It's Minnesota and Detroit, and Detroit's going to give you the much better odds for for a rooting interest. They're probably going to give you a plus 350, maybe 375 right now to win the division. It's probably flip-flopped a lot since they've caught fire. And not to, not to break your heart, but the Pirates are 1-9 and nine in their last 10 and have the worst 10-game stretch. And you guys all made, made fun of me on a text, and I still remember it. I said, well, the Pirates played teams with this record, how bad it was out of the gate, and now they get the Rays, and then it was Toronto and somebody else. I said, we'll see how it looks after that, and it's 1-9. and nine. Hey, they're still in first. That's all I can You're say. You're absolutely right, which is bad. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, thank. Well, now I'll tell you why. Thank God the rest of the division stinks too. I mean, we talked about it on the show. Cardinals are a team that it's just a head scratcher. You know, I think you brought it up. A lot of three and four kind of guys in the rotation, not hitting the ball great. Um, Cubs are you know scuffling a little bit. Brewers are win a game, lose two, kind of like you know, and better than probably the Pirates right now. But I mean, maybe not because they haven't really caught them. I guess. So, again, here's the thing with the Pirates. I think they're in trouble, too. And I'm a diehard. But they're still in first. And if you would have said before the season started, what I don't even know what the date is, May 10th, 11th, whatever we're at. If you would have taken the Pirates still in first place, or would be in first place, would you take it? I said, absolutely. So, we'll see. I mean, do I think they're going to end up there? I don't. I don't know. I hope so. Because our guest, Doug's going to take me up there. You better better not back out on Doug now. No, I'm not going to die. I mean, I got, uh, wait a minute. We're like this now. We're going to sit and watch play. They're going to put us on like the, it's going to say Doug Whaley, you know, XFL. And it's going to say Smitty notebook wagering on the big, you know, Jumbotron and everything like that. So, um, no, it's scuffling. They're still, you know, I'm still excited. I see some things, but. You know, it is what it is. You know, and you look at some of these teams, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something here because I always people say I bash the DC sports. I think the Nationals are doing a fantastic job. Not a lot of talent. Yeah, not a lot of talent at all. But I think they had another big win today. They scored some runs. You know, they don't hit for power. They don't have that, but they are scrapping right now, and they do have a couple arms. That's, you know, um, Jojo Gray and um, 
the kid they got out of San Diego, uh, Mackenzie Gore. And, you know, Patrick Corbin, you can, a lot of people joke about Patrick Corbin. Us included. <laughs> us included. Yes, that's true. <laughs> you got you to say that. Yeah, yeah, it was us too. And probably me many times because I think I said earlier in the year, how's this guy still on a major league roster? But I'm going to come back and say he's actually pitched okay. And he's eating some innings up, giving him a shot. So, you know, Davey Martinez is doing a nice job there. You know, I think they're still in for a long season here, but they are a team that's hanging there. I'm going to say the Yankees have kind of got it right a little bit, but they're playing the possums right now, the Oakland A's. So a lot of teams kind of get it right there. The A's, like we said a couple weeks ago, they're going to, they're going to leave Oakland and head out to Vegas and um, come over there. But, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see where this goes. I think the Braves are going to run away with it, Maddie. Um, you know, just teams that can score right now. I look at Texas. I really like Texas at home. Tampa, again, struggling again tonight. Hey, Baltimore is another local team. You know, they beat them last night. They're up. Last time I checked, they're up again on them. Keep an eye on Baltimore. They've done a fantastic job drafting, developing guys, bringing guys in. So good for Baltimore. Hey, the, the stat, well, I don't know if it's the stat of the day, but so the Yankees are 21 and 17 in last place. The Pirates are 21 and 17 in first place. That AL East is an absolute, it is a true, as true can be in the sporting sense, a meat grinder. 21 and 17, you're four games over 500 and you're in last place. And not only are you in last place, you're in last place by nine games. Because the Rays are absolutely on fire. Orioles, 10 games over 500, six games back. Toronto playing well. Boston playing well. I added up the Pirates division. If you take each team's last <laughs> 10 games as a whole, that division is 15 and 38 right now. The best record is a 5 and 5 mark by the Cubs. Wow. Or not the Cubs, the Reds of all people. Reds are good at home. Reds are good at home. Not not very Man, good on the road. You talk about different. You talk about just totally topsy turvy. The AL East versus the NL Central. Man, it's, it, it, like if the Pirates in a hypothetical world were in the AL East, would they would they be out of it by June? If if you think they're in that division. Oh, I think a lot of team would be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, crazy. Absolutely. All right, here, let's wrap it up here. Let's talk golf really, really fast here. About a minute here. AT&T, Byron Nelson here. Um, Not the great. I mean, there's some guys in this, Maddie. I know I'm going to do a little bit more homework. Uh, I did hit my best bet last week. I gave out uh, Sanjay M top 20, and that was a winner for me. Gave that out on Twitter, so check my Twitter out again on some plays here. You're looking at uh, K.H. Lee has won this the last two years. Shot minus uh, 25 in 2021 and minus 26. So this is wide open. These scores are going to be extremely high. Now, I did hear the course is a little soft, a little bit of rain down there, so they don't know if it's going to be exactly this high on listening some some really good golf experts on this. Jordan Spieth is out, had a wrist. Now, Maddie, my question really fast is you got the big you got the big tournament next week. 
some of the, you know, you got some bigger names in this. Scheffler's in this and some other guys. Um, do you think some of these guys just get in these tournaments just to kind of see how their body is, how they're feeling things with their shots? What's your overall thought on some of these guys jumping in? Because some guys don't like playing in this and then other guys do. Well, they actually have to hit like a quota. They basically have to play in so many tournaments. So I, I think they pick and choose a lot. And I don't think some of these big, big names specifically care as much as they're going to win this as long as they make their quota. Hey, I get to go play in the Byron Nelson. It's close to home. And I got family there like Scheffler. Scheffler's from Texas, I believe. So he's going to play there. It's close to his house. That's probably why he was out last week. So I don't know. I, I, this field actually isn't awful. It's not great. It's actually a big payday, though. This is, one of the, this is a pretty good purse. Um, I looked at it a little bit. I didn't do much. I think this is kind of chalky. But if I'm going to ha have fun with this tournament, I'm going to put a, just some fun piece of money on a couple flyers. And one guy that I really like is Seamus Power, 40 to 1. He's played here well in prior tournaments. I think it's just like, like he played okay. Uh, I think he was in the 20s here last year. So he's got good course history. He's a, he's a great ball striker, let's say. He's long up the tee. If he can just putt average, he's, he, he'll be in the mix. A lot of people like Jason Day, and I don't like it just because he was off last week. So he's going to come in. I think it's going to be a little rusty. Maybe that's wrong. And I think Terrell Hatton would probably be my betting favorite just because he played really well last week. He's in good form, and he's a hothead, which I love. So give, give, he gets extra points. Yeah, I have a couple of names. I have Powers down also. I have Hatton also down on this. Um, Riley, Davis Riley, I have down. Yeah, I, that's a name. I have him in my DFS lineup. Kim, I have also down that I'm going to look a little bit more in. Tom Hoagie, I kind of like playing at times in this, so that's another one. So I'm going to go home here after the show, try to finalize a couple things and um, throw it out on Twitter. So uh, we just wanted to give that out on this. Again, you know, if you can get Lee, this guy's won it two years in a row. I'm not saying he's winning three years in a row, but maybe a top 10. Yeah. If you can get yeah, a good, obviously, he obviously likes the course. It's no joke that he's won it two years in a row. I mean, I might look at that and just kind of see if a, 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 an okay number, like a top ten. Can, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if you can get him an even money in a top twenty, like maybe a minus one hundred five or something. That's a great bet. So yeah, I would look top ten, top twenty for KH Lee. So, all right, Mighty, that's all I have, man. We did a little rapid fire there. Try to get as much information out. So we like our plays late Lakers. I just saw in scores and odds, um, golden States minus eight. Now it was minus seven. Yeah. So kind of going, so maybe take uh, golden state tonight. If you can get that minus seven, minus seven and a half on your book. And also we like the over tonight in the, the Knights and the Oilers hockey game tonight. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go. A lot of goals. Let's, yeah, let's score, score, score. So, hey, thanks for everyone tuning in. Maddie, any sh last words before we take off here? No, sir, buddy. I'm getting ready. This is, like I said, my Friday. I'm getting ready to head to the woods and do some fishing. Okay, we'll catch some fish here. And uh, until next week, everybody, bang your bookie. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.